This is AgriPulse Daybreak West for Tuesday, March 3rd. Good morning. I'm Jeff Nally. Here's today's headlines. SGMA will cost $7 billion every year. Water fees up again. WWF, the next California, is Mississippi. Report. SGMA will cost Valley more than $7 billion every year. A coalition of local governments, agriculture water users, and academics known as the San Joaquin Valley Water Blueprint has released a long-awaited report revealing the profound economic impacts likely to come as a result of implementing the Sustainable Groundwater Management Act. The report finds that up to one million acres will be fallowed over the next 20 years as basins come into compliance. That's one-fifth of all acres under cultivation in the San Joaquin Valley. The result will be $7.2 billion lost in farm revenue every year. Direct job losses would be about 42000 Indirectly, it may double, with losses to salaries and wages adding up to $2 billion every year. I have been at this a long time, and the findings of this report are significant, said UC Berkeley economist Dave Sundling, a co-author of the report. Notably, the economic impacts are highly regressive and appear to have the greatest effect in disadvantaged communities. While the most critical findings have already been released through congressional testimony, the full report provides a deeper analysis. A follow-up report later this year will also identify reforms and infrastructure investments to help mitigate the impacts. Reaching collaborative solutions will not be easy, but we are committed to trying to do so, said Austin Ewell, the executive director of the Water Blueprint for the San Joaquin Valley. This effort will likely require significant action, such as strategic multi-beneficial land conversion, We encourage all stakeholders to join the discussion. Water board fees expected to bump up again this year. State water board staff expect fees on farmers to increase by about 10% to pay for water quality and water rights regulatory programs. That is about double the rate staff said is typical for annual increases, and it follows double-digit increases over multiple years. Reasons for the higher budget include a miscommunication within the agency over administrative costs, according to staff. The state is also adopting a new financial system known as FISCAL, which is already notorious for inefficiencies and cost overruns. The new costs for regulating harmful algae are also spread into the ag programs, since most of the nutrients feeding the algae come from runoff, according to Karen Mogus, a deputy director at the Water Board. In the meantime, staff have yet to calculate revenue from the new poultry and bovine regulatory fees. Staff also raised the specter of the cannabis program, which did not follow predictions. The state had predicted 15,000 new permits would be issued last year. In reality, it was just over 5,000, which means the program has just a third of the forecast revenue. Following heated reactions from ag groups last year, staff agreed not to pass on the cost of the other programs and fee payers. Water board staff also cautioned it's very early and the numbers, which are based on the governor's January budget proposal, are subject to change through July. 
In a meeting yesterday, ag groups were concerned about compounded fees as the new CV Salts program comes online, which stakeholders will pay for directly. When asked about fallowing land due to the Sustainable Groundwater Management Act, staff acknowledged that fewer regulated acres would lead to higher fees on others, though it's still too early to track. Among several frustrated responses, one ag representative said, quote, It's on the verge of ludicrous to keep asking ag to pay increasing fees every year when we have zero ability to pass on any of those costs. Is Mississippi the next California? A report by the World Wildlife Fund finds the Mississippi Delta region is well positioned to supplement some of California's specialty crop production. Researchers argue that while California will continue to dominate agriculture, climate change is making our state's farming future less certain. The differences between the two climates could also provide opportunities, such as for crops needing colder winter chill hours. Yet both regions suffer labor shortages, while the Mississippi region is plagued with humidity and pests. Almonds would still be exclusively grown in California, though pecans and walnuts might find a new home. The researchers also examined challenges with food processing infrastructure and the need for supportive federal policies to make that happen. In national news, Purdue defends ERS relocation as the agency works to fill vacancies. Purdue says USDA is aggressively pursuing and recruiting candidates to fill vacancies at the Economic Research Service, which has about half of the 239 employees it had on September 30th, the end of the fiscal year 2019. In today's economy with unemployment, it's tougher to recruit people to the federal government, Purdue told reporters in Savannah, Georgia, before you would have thought people would have wanted a federal job. But Purdue argued it was also easier to recruit employees in Kansas City, home to the new offices for ERS and the National Institute of Food and Agriculture, than in D.C. Now, keep in mind, House Democrats have been worried about staffing shortages across the department and plan to address that in Wednesday's House Ag hearing with Secretary Purdue. Last Senate Ag member out of race. Super Tuesday's here. 16 states and territories and about one-third of the delegates needed to win the Democratic nomination, they're up for grabs. We'll be watching to see how the rule vote goes. On the eve of the voting, the last candidate from the Senate Agriculture Committee, Amy Klobuchar, dropped out of the running and endorsed former Vice President Joe Biden. At one point, Klobuchar was one of three members of the Ag Committee who were candidates in the race. NFU changes leadership. The National Farmers Union new president is Rob LaRue, a former aide to House Agriculture Chairman Colin Peterson, who's been the group's top lobbyist. He replaces Roger Johnson, who retired. LaRue told reporters he wants to increase NFU's membership. The group has about 200,000 members in 33 states, but 56% of that membership is in two states, North Dakota and Oklahoma. LaRue said, I think there's a lot of opportunity in a number of parts of the country. I think a big part of it is really getting out there, out in front, on what we stand for. China looks into gene editing but lacks regulation. China's Academy of Sciences and Academy of Agricultural Sciences is pushing to innovate with gene editing science, but the efforts still have 
little chance of producing substantive results, that according to a new analysis from the USDA's Foreign Agriculture Service. Researchers are publishing dozens of papers on gene editing with CRISPR technology, but without clear regulations, scientists lack the ability to commercialize this research. Meanwhile, China's approval process for biotech traits, both for import and cultivation, remains opaque and extremely lengthy. China has pledged to make significant changes to the system under the new U.S. trade pact, but they have not yet materialized. Here's today's He Said It. It's a huge trickle-down effect, especially when you start taking it beyond the San Joaquin Valley and look at the port cities. That assembly member Devon Mathis discussing the broad impacts of fallowing land in an interview discussing the Water Blueprint Report. Well, that's Daybreak West for this Tuesday, March 3rd, brought to you by FMC. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak West, I'm Jeff Daly.